Man, we're believing for miracles. It's 2022. Come on, somebody. Woo! In Jesus' name. You guys may be seated in the house. So good to have everybody at church. Welcome to church. Welcome to Pearl Street Church. If you're new, you're busy. So good to have you. Pastor Brenda get to lead this crazy movement known as Pearl Street Church. Been in the mix for seven years. We're here to lead unchurched people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, we, uh, our church, man, we want it to look like Target or Walmart or the Circle K or the Dollar General because all those places look like heaven. Everybody's there trying to get something, but it's the beauty of what our church is and what we're trying to do here. So, so good to have you. Um, man, uh, with the message I have today, I'm going to get you out. Cowboys don't play until 3.30, so good thing. I'm going to get you out just on time, right? Just in time for the Cowboys game. You're going to be good. But it's, uh, I'm excited about today. We got uh, a series we are in, week number two, Healthy Habits, having a conversation around kind of the rhythms inside of our lives. We look at this every single year. Um, and so this year we're looking at it again and um, preparing. And uh, oftentimes when you think about the beginning of the year, we talk a lot about New Year's resolutions, you know, if you're with me. New Year's resolutions. Here's the thing. New Year's resolutions are good. All good. I'm down with the New Year's resolutions. Oftentimes, the focus, though, is personal op optimization. Per personal optimization for other reasons than maybe what the intent should be, right? I I'm trying to look better. What are you trying to look better for, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to work harder and do, do better with what, I, well, what are you doing it for? The question has to be asked. Motive is everything, right? Jesus would speak in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about what focus is. Where your focus is, your eyes, the focus brings light into your body. Oh, what is the intent of your life? This is around the money realm. He's, he's speaking, man, what is your intent? Are you, are you going after building your kingdom, success, all this other stuff? Or are you focused on the right things? Is your motive in the right place? And here today, performance optimization is good. But I say, if we're, if we're Christians, we're all believers inside of here. We're not of the world trying to get better for worldly reasons. We're of the kingdom trying to get better for godly reasons, for righteousness, for building his kingdom. Everything about our lives is spiritual optimization. That's what this is about, spiritual optimization. Many people say, well, I'm gonna do a diet so I can look better. Praise God, do your diet. But a byproduct of walking in management of the temple that God has given you, the byproduct is you look better. The intent behind, well, I'm going to look better. Why? Well, if you're just looking better so that everybody else is like, oh my God, you look good. The, the real thing should be, man, I'm managing the temple because I'm presenting it to the Lord, right? Keeping it holy, keeping it clean, managing it well. And a byproduct of what the word has called me to do is I look good. I'm brighter, I, you know, smile, sparkles in the eye, whatever it may be. This is, the, 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 we gotta be careful on intent. What is the intent? Because if motive is worldly standards, we're gonna be spiritually unhappy, right? Vanity is gonna consume us. Well, I'm gonna go to the workout and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna work out all good. And you should, right? You should do the, manage it. But if it's vanity, trying to look good, right? <laughs> trying to get that on, right, or whatever it may be, then the intent is off. We're gonna be spiritually unhappy. We're gonna be, uh, have a lack of content inside, contentment inside of our lives. So we're looking at spiritual optimization in all of what we do. And the crazy thing is, is any New Year's resolution, 
when we look through this lens of honoring God, it has beauty to it that can bring growth to our lives and help us get better serving the Lord, living to our callings and accomplishing what he's called us to do. So today we're going to look at uh, abiding, this realm of abiding and getting our mind right, this realm of being with Jesus. If you want to take notes, write this across the top of your paper, vining and dining, vining and dining. I'm making up words. Vining is not a word, but all good. Vining and dining. Good thing this isn't going on YouTube, right? For all the world to see. It is. So who cares? All right. <laughs> so the realm of what we're, we're looking at here today and through this series is what we are really trying to do. Oftentimes in the Western world, faith is something we do. It's not who we are. If we're not careful, we can lose sight that in spiritual optimization, we are part of the body of Christ. We are Christians saved by Jesus Christ. Church isn't like, we don't just go to church. We are the church, right? And living in this realm. And so with that, the three focuses we'll look at over the next couple of weeks, one is to be uh, uh, being with Jesus, the first part of what we're going to talk about today. The second thing is to be like Jesus. We're going to talk about body, relationships, and rest. The last one, we're going to be do what Jesus did here on this earth, work and money, gospel, and hospitality. These are the focuses we're looking at. So today we're going to look on this being with Jesus. How many of you guys have ever been in love before? Any, anybody been in love before? Amen. Taking a few people back. All right. Good. Like a few married couples like, yeah. It was a while ago that that moment, <laughs> we still are, it's just different, right? Um, there's a few people that just met like last week and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll I'll talk to you in a month, awesome. <laughs> um, have you ever been in that place where you just love something, you love to do something, you love being a part of something, something like that, right? Uh, I, I remember with uh, Heather and I, when uh, we first met, there was something about her, God transformed her, um, um, just transformed her. And then we, I actually pursued her then. Uh, well, actually my friend asked her out for me. It was pretty cool. But, um, <laughs> but I can remember when we first kind of met and, and my, I always wanted to be with her. I wanted to be connected to her. I couldn't think, couldn't wait to be on the phone at night with her, right? To dial that number, be on the phone with her. I couldn't think the next hangout time we have, the next movie we can go watch, something like that. I remember watching one movie one time. I think it was Vanilla Sky. I watched it. It blew my mind. I was crying after. I'm like, <laughs> maybe that's why we're married because that was the most vulnerable I've ever been with anybody in my life. She's like, what is going on with you? I'm like, I don't know. This movie was weird, you know, or whatever. <laughs> The crazy thing is in that realm, like you could be so in love, so captivated that everything about you wants to be connected. Yeah. Now you think about this with like, uh, I love outdoors, I love trips, I love cultures, I love people. I can't wait to be in another country again sometime. I can't wait to, to go on my next hike, to be in nature, to be connected to what God has created and see his beauty within it, Romans 1. I love it. And the thing about being in love and loving things is, is you're consumed by it. You, you want to be, you want to be there. You want to like, when you have downtime, you're thinking about the next time or when you're away from me, you're like, oh, I just can't, I can't wait to get back or whatever. I'm maintaining this. I'm doing this, but man, I can't wait to get back to the thing in which I love. Right. It, it's really intense whenever you first get into a relationship, not so much later down the line, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. It just takes more time when you're older and longer in the relationship dynamic. But that's the thing about life. When you're in love, you can't wait to be with. And when we think about this realm on like being with Jesus, think about the times whenever you were on fire. That moment in time whenever shame was removed, the weight of sin came off. 
the realization on your brokenness and man, his goodness. And yet while you were there, he still loved you and met you and you were captivated in this moment where man, you couldn't wait to get to the next Bible study. You couldn't wait to get to your next prayer time. You couldn't wait to get to your next church service. You couldn't wait for the next worship song. You couldn't wait to get in the car to flip it on. You couldn't wait. Yeah. And here today, maybe, just maybe, much like a relationship, we gotta keep the fire going on this thing with Jesus. We, we gotta stay connected to it so that we have the passion for it. We have the, 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 the ability to produce what is expected out of us. You know, if this leads, leads me into point number one, I would say this, vining and dining, right? When we're vining and dining um, with Jesus, it gives us the ability to produce the right fruit for the kingdom. The vining and dining. And when we're vining, how we're connected and we're dining, we're getting the source and the substance. Man, we have the ability to produce the right fruit inside of our lives. John 15 will talk about, man, John 15 talks about, who is this? I am the true great, uh, grapevine, or I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more fruit. He's in the process. A key thing you can see inside of here, I got a lot of scriptures, so go with me. You got the buckle up buttercup and let's go. But John 15, the key things that are being brought out inside of this scripture right now is one is this, God is the gardener. He is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. Here's the beauty, we are the branches. We just gotta worry about the connection, right? Our worry is the connection. Because if we're connected, then there's the ability to produce fruit. Now here's the deal, anybody gardeners inside here, you love being a gardener. Uh, maybe you have one plant and you're not doing well with that. Come on, somebody who struggles with the one plant. You can't even do one plant much, let alone a garden, right? Here's the crazy thing about this analogy that Jesus uses. Jesus is, is throwing this because at the temple at this moment in time, there's a vine that would be across the temple at this moment in time when Jesus is speaking about this because Israel believed they were the vine. According to uh, Old Testament um, scripture, that they are the vine. Israel, out of Israel, they would bless the earth. And that, that imagery is there, but Jesus replaces it. It's not Israel, a people, it's me, a person. And so this imagery that Jesus is using is very relevant to them because they're understanding, okay, Israel is the vine. Jesus is like, no, 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 Israel's not the vine. I'm the vine. I'm the true vine. The father is the gardener. And the thing about the gardener is he worries about sun. He worries about rain. He worries about pruning. The vine is just producing the nourishment. If you look at a vine, here it goes. A vine that you look at a winery. Here is the key vine inside of here. Here are the branches. Here is the fruit. We get to play this little part right here. Jesus plays this part and the gardener is worried about all of it. And what is Jesus doing? He's removing humanity from the responsibility to worry about the big picture. How many times have you found yourself like, where's the sunlight? Where's the water? I just don't feel like I'm good right now. I feel like I'm all over the place. God, bring the sun and the water. And God's looking down at humanity like, all you gotta be worried about is connection. That's all. Like I'm the gardener. I worry about sun, I worry about water, I worry about the, that's my responsibility. Get out of my lane, stay in yours. Your lane is vining and dining, that's your lane, that's my lane. We gotta be vining and dining because then we got the nutrients necessary in order to produce fruit inside of our lives. The beauty is, man, when we're vining and dining, we have the ability to get the right fruit in our lives. 
So Colossians 2 would say, it, with that, with your salvation, you got to worry about this thing. The thing you got to worry about is, verse number seven of it, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Yeah. Colossians 2, you'll worry, let your roots grow down, just stay in Jesus, you're connected, you're, you, you're saved, you're redeemed, be connected to him. You skip down to verse number nine, it says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. Your responsibility is divining. I'm dining on the goodness of the Lord. I'm letting my roots grow down into him. I'm getting the right nourishment inside of him. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not concerned about all the other madness. That's the God complex. My responsibility, I wanna control when it all happens, how it happens. No, no, no. Our worry, our concern is, are we connected? Are we connected to the creator? Are we in relationship with him? Do we have time for him? Oftentimes we can get so busy if we talked about that we lose sight that our responsibility is the connection. There's so much power in the connection. We can't do it ourselves. It's not about what we can do. It's about the connection we have to the spirit of the Lord that he produces out of us what is necessary for the life in which we lead and the season in which we're in, the talents in which we have. So as we talk about inside here, the barometer around um, a barometer around a, a Christ-centered, faith-filled life is seen inside of Galatians 5. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit that we should be expecting. So if you're a believer inside of here, or maybe you're growing inside of your faith, this is a key indication on what you should be looking for inside of your life. Key indication. If you are a Christian, you start in one state, living in darkness and brokenness, uh, uh, works of the flesh are, are, are evident inside of your life. Your intent, the motive of what you do is for a different purpose than honoring God, right? With that comes all types of sorcery and idolatry and all kinds of other stuff that talks about on the front end here. We're talking about abiding here today, so we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah. right? Goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Did I miss one on there? No, it's not up there. Okay, it's not up there. But this is the barometer on where we are at inside of life. If we are connected to the vine, then there's qualities that are being distributed into us. I'm not talking about a, uh, um, a gift of the Spirit. A gift of the Spirit is something specific for each individual that they have in order to serve the body of Christ, to build up the church. I'm talking about these are fruits of the Spirit that should be evident in every single person's life that is a professing Christian, Right? because we're connected to the vine, we're getting something put into us that is contrary to what the world has for us. So we have things of what? Love is the first thing. Love is the first thing on here. Love, is there love inside of your life? The barometer. Do I love people that don't look like me? Do I love people that are vaxxed or unvaxxed? Do I love people that, you know, don't have the same political persuasion as me? Do I love people that maybe aren't in the same social status as I am? Do I love people just in general? He first loves, so I love, right? They, they, are we living in that realm? Love is the first quality of the spirit that's at work, but it comes from vining and dining. If you're not vining and dining, you will have hate seated inside of your heart. You, you, will, have, you will have anger towards people seated inside of your heart. The vining and dining removes all that chaos because it's dealing with it. He's come to lead us into all truth. He's not here just to leave us in chaos. We're saved and redeemed. Now we're maturing inside of our faith that we can walk in the righteousness of God. So love, joy, is there joy inside of your life? Do you have joy, overwhelming joy? How many, what percentage of the time you walk into your workplace or your house with a smile on your face? 
would probably be a good indication of how much joy you are operating with today. Joy from the Lord. I'm secure inside of my life, saved and redeemed by the Lord. Man, I have vined and dined with the Lord this morning. I am connected. I am revealed. Man, I have a purpose inside of this life. I'm excited to step out. This is a new day, the day the Lord has made, and I, am, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen, right? But how many of us, through the chaos of the world in which we live in, the chaos becomes ours? And the frown, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the smile turns upside down. There you go, whatever. Frown, whatever. You get what I'm saying? Like, like these are qualities that are flowing out when we're vining and dining. Right? You, anybody like going to get a massage? Anybody? I love getting a massage. Some people don't like being touched. My love language is touch, right? No matter who you are, you want to scratch my back, I'm like, I'm game all day. <laughs> right here, I'm like, take my shirt away. Get a good scratch. Let me see your nails. How, what's the quality of your nails? Okay. <laughs> Heather has like really thin nails and it drives me nuts. I'm like, it's like a cat trying to scratch you every single day. It's horrible. I'm just telling you, it's horrible. <laughs> Here's the deal. You go to a massage, you're in there. Last massage I went to, um, I went in and the, the, this, this girl had, um, she had like drapes, uh, like cloth drapes. And I walked in, I've never seen something like this before. I'm like, wow, what? some trapeze stuff going on inside of here. She's like, actually, I do barefoot massage. I'm like, barefoot what? She's like, yeah, I use my feet to do what your hands can do. I was like, whoa, that's a thing. She's like, you down? I was like, I'm game. <laughs> Told you I like new things. I'm like, let's try it out, you know? <laughs> Is it touch involved? Okay, with your feet, great, let's go. <laughs> that girl could work her feet. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> Here's the deal, you're in those places, in those spaces, you're receiving something by being there. How many times do you leave a massage therapist, a chiropractor, uh, time with your therapist, whatever it may be, with peace? The whole point of going is if that person in there is like harming you, you're not gonna walk away, walk away with much peace. You're like, why did I go do that? I feel worse off than when I walked in. But usually chiropractor, you feel a little looser for a couple of hours and then your muscles constrict back and you don't feel good anymore. But right, that's where stretching comes in. But being in those places, you're receiving something in something. The same thing would be true in this connection, this relationship, abiding, getting in a place where you're connected to the vine. It's giving you things, providing for you things, nourishment for your life, nourishment for your soul for you to walk in peace, to have the joy necessary, to have the self-control necessary inside of your life, to do what God has called us to do. And when we look at 2022, here's the deal. You could be sitting here today and nothing has changed over the past five years of your life. I've been going to church, I've been going to church, I've been here, I've been present, but nothing looks different on Monday. You have performance optimized yourself and man, you're more successful today you got more money in the bank account, but you don't have any more joy. There's no more love pouring out of you. You're not a new creation. There's something lacking. And maybe, just maybe, it starts right here in the vining and the dining, in the connection that changes the quality of the input that now can confront the behaviors of your living 
that maybe there is works of the flesh that are still dominating your life, that Jesus is like, get vined up. Stop worrying about the sun and the rain and just worry about the connection. Because in that, you'll see, receive joy that passes all understanding. Man, you'll, get, you'll, receive, uh, you'll receive a peace inside of your heart. Man, you'll walk with goodness. Just want to be good. There'll be love spilling out of you. That, man, God, God can use for his glory. Vining and dining. Second thing I would say today is you got to get your connection on through a couple different things. The day I said yes to Heather back in eighth grade, if I was just like, girl, you look good. You want to go out with me? That's probably how I said it back then. Like, hey, ya boy, right? Actually, I didn't do it. My friend did, but all good. Either way, the statement was made. I had to do a certain amount of things in order to express my intent. And through my convictions and through my hopes, through my, my, my pursuit, I indicated to her that I loved her. But it wasn't just by saying, I love you, God bless you. Spend the rest of your life with me. It was, I love you, and here's the deal. I'm gonna spend time with you. So get your connection on through a few different things. Go with me for a second. The first thing is the word. You can't get around it. The word is from God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The word has power inside of it. Every single word that is in the Bible has power to nourish your body. There is so much power in the word of God. Jesus being uh, on the backside of a 40-day fast would come to a place where he was confronted by the devil. And in that confrontation, Jesus would have to hit him back with what? The word. Matthew 4, verse number, I'll just jump to verse number 4. It says this, but Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. All inspired, the word is inspired by God, written with 40 different authors over 1,800 years, all compressed to express the heart of God, the intent of, uh, uh, of God for humanity, his plan of salvation, all of it to express. Man, this is my plan, my ideas, my redemptive work, my savior, my son, Jesus Christ for humanity. This is how you should live, how you can conduct yourself. All of it to build us up, to be the body of Christ that makes up the kingdom of God here on earth. It has power inside of it. You know, today, if you disconnect a power cord, you remove the power from whatever the thing is that's plugged in. The word of God, when we're plugging in, man, we are plugging in to get lit up by the word. If you wanna get lit, get lit in the word in Jesus' name, right? You wanna get lit, wild out, get wild out in the word, okay? It's the only place you can get lit in. That's biblically right. In the word, get lit up by the word. Allow it to illuminate your life. It has power inside of it. Psalms uh, 1 would say this, just starting the whole party off. In Psalms, David writing this, he said, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked and stand around with sinners or join with the mockers, but they, uh, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it, what? Day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do, right? Everything that they do. Those that delight in the law of the Lord, those that delight in his word, meditated on day and night, like planted next to a river. Anybody, anybody ever been out like, uh, like South, like have you ever been like Gardner State Park? You walked up on that hike, you're standing over it. And you can see what the Frio River carving throughout the landscape. And what do you see? Cypress trees just lined all the way with it. 
massive, huge cypress tree. I mean, massive. What are they doing? They're lacking nothing as far as nutrients for their lives, for their existence. They have, they're lacking nothing. And they grow massive, but that they're connected to a water source that is providing the right nutrients. They got sun from this Texas weather. Amen. We got a lot of it. Not very much rain, but you get the Frio River flowing from the Colorado River, I think. I think that's how it all flows. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just, don't go and don't fact check me on that one. I don't know. <laughs> but the point is this, where you see that water going, you will see trees that are planted. And the reference is that those that meditate on the word, men are like these trees and every season they bear fruit. When you're connected to the word, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You're connected to the word. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You have the source and the substance, the information necessary to walk in the truth. The Bible would tell us that um, uh, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The word brings knowledge to the madness of this, this world. So when you have the word, man, it strengthens you. Every season you can bear fruit. You're not coming down or uh, you know, coming to, down to the level of the world. You're rising up to the level of the kingdom and living well with inside of it. Hebrews 4 would say this, for the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. This is the word of God. The beautiful thing is, is when you get into it, it exposes who you are. Now I get it. We don't like being called out. But the beautiful thing, it's much better to be called out in your time with God and his word than it is to be called out by a leader or a pastor in life. The beauty is the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He can speak into the depths of our souls so precisely, but it comes through the word. It's that connection. It's that relationship. It's being in it to know it. It changes us. It transforms us. We're talking about abiding in connection in our minds, our minds being connected. Our minds can change. As we talked about in week number one, here's the deal. What we value in life is going to be tied to our beliefs. What do we believe about life? Then we have a value system. Then we have a decision and choice system. And that results in the quality of our lives. If the word isn't changing, Romans 12, 2, changing the way we think through the word, more than likely we're going to experience the same results of yesterday, today, because we haven't shifted or changed the value systems of our life. We will believe the same way yesterday, walking in the same value system of today, making the same choices of yesterday, today, because the values haven't changed. The word shifts it. That's why it's alive. It is powerful. It is still shifting humanity, transforming humanity, correcting humanity, uh, uh, encouraging humanity, giving knowledge to humanity that we can change and walk in the righteousness of God. There's so much power in the word. So get your connection on through the word. Another thing in this abiding in our mind, getting our connection on in prayer. I won't go too deep into this one right now, but prayer is a key thing that we have a conversation. We're connected. We express, we cast all of our worries on him. We bring our petitions to him. Jesus sits at the right hand of the father, making intercession for us. We have the boldness to come in and ask according to God's plan and will for our lives. This relationship to stay, come in and say, you know what? Let's have a conversation. The greatest relationship growth that you had in your life is tied to the conversations you've had with individuals. Heather and I have had some deep conversations, but it's all come through time with each other, expressing each other's heart. The same thing with prayer. Your time with God, if you can listen and hear, 
God will choose, God will, uh, God will choose or transform you and encourage you and strengthen you inside of those times. Another thing I'd say is this, worship is key. You got a lot of different things. I'm gonna point out a couple different things, but this connected to the vine and, and vining and dining and man, being in this place to get connected, you get worship. Worship is so powerful, right? You think about with our worship here today, sometimes we can walk through these doors and we're just like reading the words or just like here, man. But I'll say this, whatever has your heart is gonna have your worship. Whatever has your attention is gonna get your praise. I'll tell you today, I can, I can step into a conversation with you today and you're gonna tell me about what you love because it's got your heart. This is the beauty of David. David's heart was after God. And because David's heart was after God, David's praise went towards God. Because he had his heart, David gave him his praise. And the good measure of your, uh, uh, where your heart is at today is measured by your praise, your worship. Do you walk into these doors ready to get your worship on? You're not worried about anybody else because the God that you are serving has been so good to you, you got something to give towards him. He's got your heart. That's why Psalms 100, it's a great scripture, Psalms 100, where David is saying this, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy, right? Acknowledge the Lord is God, he, he's made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pastures, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his, his courts of praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is what? Good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. All these Psalms are just written songs by Paul, or, or, or David saying, you know what? I'm gonna express what's on my heart, man. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Man, he is so good. We are sheep of his pasture. Ah, what do we do when we step through the doors? We're singing about the truth of who God is. We're singing about all that he's done for us, man. We're declaring his goodness and faithfulness in the earth. The same way that a Justin Bieber or anybody else is going to write a song and express something themselves to. Songs are written to express love. You look at a majority of the songs, what are they talking about? Things that people love. People that people love, right? Heather and I, dancing in the dark, middle of the night. Taking your heart and holding it tight. <laughs> Emotional touch. I like that one. Touching my skin or whatever it is. <laughs> it's an expression of love towards somebody and the joy of being with them. That's our song. That song comes on. I'm like, girl, what's up? <laughs> right? Songs are written to express heart. And the beautiful thing is we can step through these doors with gladness and thanksgiving because God has our heart, man. And we're connected to the vine and we're vining and dining. We are so stoked about what God is doing in our life. We're coming through these doors with thanksgiving. Amen. We're vining and dining, baby. Vining and dining in Jesus' name. But the, a key one inside of here is Sabbath. And this is a key one, especially inside of our world today, is Sabbathing. Sabbathing may not be a word. All good. Go with me. But get your connection on through Sabbathing. Now, I'll, I'll take it back to the original because in the Ten Commandments, Sabbath is a key thing that is written inside of the Ten Commandments. Now, oftentimes we can overlook this one based on our lives here today of busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. But God has called us to have a time to slow down. And it's such a big deal. It's in the top 10 things that God says, hey, 
this is what you got to do. You're, you're my people. Here's how you thrive. Wait, are we on time? So is it long? I'm going to slow down for this one because the reality is a large portion of America. And let me just offend you for a second. A large pe- portion of people in this room right now don't do this well. Let me just offend myself. I sometimes don't do this well. Exodus 20, verse number eight would say this. Remember, the, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does holy mean? Separated. Keeping it apart. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of what? Rest dedicated to who? The Lord. It's dedicated to the Lord, your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. That it, This includes you. I love how this says that. This includes you. God speaking to Moses. Hey, Moses, you're the leader. Good, cool. Hey, guess what? This is for you too. You didn't just throw it out. He's like, this is for you. And it's for everybody else in your house, including your dog. Nobody needs to be working. Nobody, you need to do nothing. Do no thing on this day. Why? Because God was able to create in six days and he himself rested. So why don't you just do what I did and rest yourselves too? What did Jesus, Jesus say in Matthew chapter, or Mark, Mark chapter two, sorry. Mark chapter two, when Jesus is confronted about the Sabbath because him and his, his uh, disciples knocked off some chaff of the wheat and they ate the wheat. Jesus would come back speaking to the, the Pharisees and bring some clarity to the Sabbath. What is the point of the Sabbath? The intent of the Sabbath, Jesus would speak here, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Religious people at that moment in time put all these requirements around what people could and they couldn't do. Still to this day, Jewish people can't even flip on a light, start a match on a fire, anything. They can't work, nothing. There's all these requirements around what Jewish people can and cannot do. Jesus had to confront the religious stuff they had to do. Like this is another, women could tie the girdle on their wardrobe, but they you couldn't tie a knot on a rope to go down into a well to grab water. See, you could tie a knot doing one thing, you can't tie a knot doing another thing. There was all these rules and regulations. So Jesus comes back and he's like, here's the deal. Hey guys, this, the intent of Sabbathing and resting is for people. Not that people meet all these rules and regulations for the Sabbath. The whole intent, I believe, is God, hey, I want you to rest, rest, just rest. Just stop and rest for the Lord. Don't try to do anything on Sunday, or if you work on Sunday, pick your day, whatever your Sabbath day is, pick your Sabbath and do nothing. Don't do any work, don't get me wrong. Do something, like, like move around, you know what I mean? You're like, wait, what? You're, you're resting, your soul, you're resting. You're thinking on the goodness of the Lord. You're enjoying creation. You're enjoying the people that you get to do it with. 
You're not trying to make another dollar, trying to do another thing. If it doesn't bring you rest, don't do it. How many times in, in our world today, we don't come to church because we're too busy. I don't have time. I got, what, what are you doing? What are, what are we doing? Like, let me be pastor right now. What are you doing? What, what are you really doing? Are you chasing something else that can't bring the fulfillment and the peace to your life that Jesus can? Now, I mean, it's fundamental. I get it, but it's not. Because why? A majority of America struggles with it. The, the Western world struggles with it. Why don't we just pull a Chick-fil-A and say, let's shut it down and do better than everybody else. Chick-fil-A can do it, we can do it. Like, let's not feel things with our Sunday just so we can run around and with our chicken with our heads cut off. Ah, I gotta get to this next thing. I gotta get to this thing. Well, no. How about, how about you just come to church? How about you just enjoy the people around you? When was the last time you went to eat with somebody after church on a Sunday? In this room. Hey, owners of Pearl Street Church, like people that are part of this church, when was the last time you had a conversation with somebody else in here and said, hey, I'm a part of this body of Christ. You're, let's go eat together. When was the last time that happened? Probably for 90% of you guys, never. Because you got something else to do after this. You got something else to do. Something else you're running off to, something else you're going to do. What is it doing for you? Like we're pushing towards like a rhythm and behaviors and patterns like built according to our values, right? This is spiritual optimization. We're getting better holistically, mind, body, soul, our rhythms inside of life because we're trying to be with Jesus, stay connected to him, get our mind in the right place. A lot of mental health would be dealt with like that by vining and dining. Probably 90% of mental health would be wrapped up in vining and dining. We're so busy, running, doing, there's no peace. Get therapy, don't get me wrong, but vine and dine. How well are we doing? Sabbath, rest. When I even say that, you're like, what is that? If you haven't written it into your plan, here's the deal. Hopes, dreams, are wishes without a plan. You can want something all day long. No plan, good luck. We're talking about peace in Jesus' name. We're talking about rest in Jesus' name. We're talking about fulfillment and contentment. Man, we're not running to the next thing. We're walking in the peace of the Lord. And that can be slow, slow. In Jesus' name, eh, eh, get it on. That's what I'm talking about in Jesus' name. Eh, eh. Walking slow, being in peace. How many times is the, the tone in our house is so high because we're running to the next thing and we have no time to calm down and just respond and be clear? And how many times do we feel like <sighs> we, we, we just need a little dopamine hit and we buy stuff that we don't need? We go out to places that we don't need to go to because we're just looking for something 
And it's not in something, it's in someone. It's vining and dining with Jesus. If we vine and dine with Jesus, man, when we dine, we shine. We dine, we shine. It's not about our works, what we're doing. It's not about motivating ourselves. Put a good attitude on. <laughs> it's man, I've been vining and dining. I'm no longer that, I am this, a new creation in Christ Jesus, connected to the vine. The Holy Spirit is at work in my life. I got love flowing out of me. Joy is just exuding out of me. I got peace. Oh, not from my works, but from his and his work in in my life. I'm vining and dining. I'm abiding. I'm with Jesus. Man, so I have the peace of the Lord. One of the biggest things, when I came to the end of like preparing this message, I just stopped for a second. I said, God, what do you want? What do you want people to walk away with? This is what I just felt like the Lord put on my heart for this house and our church is I want my people to walk in peace. I think it's hard for all of us, walk in peace. That we would just have this like inner, there's just peace. We can breathe. Not too hard right now, if you don't have a mask on. (laughs) Breathe. That our mind stops racing. That our lives, because our mind's racing, our lives aren't running. And we could just rest. First thing, I just want my people to live with peace. Second thing, I want my people to live in peace. Here today, if we walk in peace, it's much easier to live in peace. Because you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have peace, it's hard to give it. It's hard to walk in it. Here's the thing about the body of Christ and us being Gentiles grafted into the body, uh, the family of God. These, we're the wild root, as Romans talks about. We're grafted in. It's the same way that the Jews or to be a blessing into the world. God blesses Jews to be a blessing to the world. We're grafted into that now. We are called to be a blessing to the world. And if we're not bearing fruit, we're not gonna be a blessing to the world. Here's the thing about the vine. It produces grapes. You can eat grapes today. You can dry them out and eat them tomorrow. You can press them together and create something for celebrations that bring just joy. You can have a glass of wine over a meal with a good friend. There's so much, so much that a grape produces, but it's gotta stay connected to the vine. The branch has to stay connected to produce it. And when we stay connected, the fruit that flows out brings so much joy to today. Oh, it brings so much joy to tomorrow and accentuates the celebration or the, the things we get to do in our lives. When Jesus said, I bring, uh, I come to give life and life abundantly. This is the new wine that he's brought into our lives, that there can be joy about what we do. If you don't have it today, if you don't have peace inside of your life today, I'm going to really challenge you to change the rhythms and the habits of your life. Because more than likely you have time. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of care. You have the time, it's just a matter of values. You don't value it enough. 
but in a breakdown, all of a sudden you're gonna have a value, right? Many times we gotta have a heart attack before we start thinking about what we eat. We gotta have a heart attack or cardiac, cardiac something before we stop smoking, right? You gotta have detriment before we have a value shift and change. Maybe you're there and it's time. Maybe you're not and it's time to say, hey, I gotta change. Today, reading, prayer, fasting. Fasting, we haven't even talked about fasting, but fasting. We're on a fast right now, seven days into this. It's amazing. But if you never fasted before, pushed away from food, never done that in your life, oh man, look for your spiritual life to blow up by pushing away from the natural things and pressing into the spiritual things. Oh, we don't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, we can grow. If you don't have that peace, you can't take a full breath right now. Let me pray over you today that the rhythms will change, your vining will change, your dining will change, that the outcomes will be different. God, we come to you today, God. You are a God of peace. Jesus, you would tell us before you left this earth that you give us peace, peace of heart, peace of mind. Peace you leave us. God, I'd say today throughout our church community, we receive peace right now. Give us a peace that passes our understanding. Give us a peace in this atmosphere, God. May our running stop. May our restlessness stop. May our minds stop. May our lives stop and rest in you. May we abide. May we connect. May we get into your presence, God. Father, we may be shifted and changed. May our minds change, our hearts change, our values change, God, that our choices change. Lord, ultimately, we get the nourishment necessary in order to produce fruit inside of our lives. Not by the world's standards of success, but the kingdom standards of righteousness. May we find that in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. And amen.